0: You are now listening to the Music Matters Media Podcast with your host. everyone and welcome to the music matters media podcast today we are going to be discussing a highly anticipated album of this year even though the year just begun what a way to kick it off this record was both on eric's list and my list for our most anticipated of 2024 i am talking about neck deep's self-titled record
1: and highly anticipated it was you can remember when i found out about it last year being gutted that we'd have to wait until 2024 to finally get to listen to it well 2024 is finally here we finally listened to the album and i'm really excited to finally be able to just discuss our thoughts and see what we each thought of it
0: me too eric because this record we got 10 songs from the band 33 minutes runtime, it's their fifth album in their discography, and there's just so much to say. So I think we should just get right into it. I know that you have a lot of thoughts, I have a lot of thoughts. To me, this record was such a mixed bag.
1: Yeah? That, that's how you feel?
0: Yeah. Wow. If you could believe it wow. or not. I'm,
1: I I somewhat can't. I mean, honestly, this is one of the few times where I was... Like almost hundred percent certain that we'd be on the same page, but wow! All right, well, I mean, listen—we usually like to get the negative out of the way first on That's this podcast. True. That's but, true. But now I really want to know uh, <laughs> what the what the what the negative or the low points were for you on this album, because I genuinely thought that uh, we would be seeing eye to eye on this and. It, you know, since we're talking about first impressions, let me just say, uh, may as well get it out of the way now. I really love this album. I truly enjoyed it front to back. That's not to say that, you know, there aren't some points that I consider to be low either, because I definitely think there are, but I genuinely enjoyed this album way more than I thought I would. So to hear you say that it's a mixed bag, I mean, Uh, color me curious.
0: (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. I do want to say though, as a disclaimer, just because I believe that it's a mixed bag and the highs are really high and the lows are kind of really low, doesn't mean that it's a bad record. I just want to say that off the jump, because I do have a lot of thoughts on this record that I'm about to get into, but by no means do I think that this is a bad record or, for that matter, their worst record. I do want to say that before I start getting into the nitty-gritty here.
1: Yeah, on, on that point, I'll definitely agree with you on that. Uh, you know, now that I know how you feel, I definitely don't think this is their worst record at all. Like I said, I definitely enjoyed it. Definitely enjoyed it more than all distortions are intentional, for sure. Not that that was a bad album by any means. It just wasn't what I would immediately go to when I listened to Neck Deep.
0: Right, right. And I think that was a lot of people's main complaints about that record, which I'll get into as well.
1: Yes, but, you know, that aside... I also don't think this is their best album either. I mean, Life's Not to Get You, that is, the, in my opinion, the gold standard of, you know, Nick Deep's albums and just the crowning achievement of their discography for now. Who knows? Maybe they'll come out with something just as awesome in the future, but for now, that is the reigning champion in their discography. So I definitely agree with you on that. It's definitely an album that I could say is more of a, pleaser than a dud but you know i'll get into i'll get more into it with my thoughts later after uh we discuss yours
0: okay yeah no problem i can't wait to get into this discussion with you because i want to hear things from your perspective as well but just to run across a couple of my main thoughts both initially and then repeatedly listening to this record nonstop, i will give it this 10 songs on this record but it's a a little bit over a half hour runtime super easy listen I think we could at least both agree on that front to back Yeah, totally extremely easy to just fly right through this record and there are a lot of gems sprinkled throughout this record as well they have high highs in this record and I don't want to not give them that I do believe that it has its strong suits and I do believe that there is a lot to be desired and there is a lot lacking with some of these tracks, meaning that clearly they made a return to form with sound. So right out the gate, I do want to touch upon that. All distortions are intentional. came out in 2020 during the pandemic, the height of the pandemic. And a lot of people did not receive that record and hold it in the best light. I think that it has grown on people over time. I think it's definitely a grower. But when that record initially came out, it got a lot of slack because it was the first time, in my opinion, that Neck Deep really tried to push out of the box and experiment with a lot of their sound and the direction that they were going in as a band. And unfortunately, the people that listen to Neck Deep, who tend to be hardcore pop punk fanatics, really weren't keen to the risks that were taken throughout that record, the sonic palette of that record as a whole. So now fast forward to 2024, four years later they took the reception of that record and the feedback from that record from their fans and probably how well that record did during that time which is also pretty unfair in my opinion my humble opinion at least because as i said it came out during the pandemic so it's just a rough time for musicians to be profiting off of anything at that point when people's main concern is definitely not spending extra money on Anything else but essentials. but I digress. The point being four years later, they decide to take that feedback and the response to that record, and they overcompensate in my opinion. They over they try to overcorrect it because even though this record is a return to form sonically in sound, some of these songs lyrically, to me, at least to me, in my opinion, come across as very lazy and corny and just generic and that drives me crazy because this band is one of the bands that are in that next generation carrying the torch for pop punk bands and that sound in that genre so first of all i do want to say i do miss danny washington on drums besides ben the lead singer there's only one other member of the band that's been there since the very beginning back in 2012 so there's been a lot of members that have come and gone and of course that's going to influence the sound of each record because everybody has different ideas everybody has different elements that they add their own creative touch throughout these records so with that being said i think that this variation of the band still have to work on gelling together and kind of figuring out how they're going to work together as a unit moving forward to not just recreate the magic of Neck Deep, because it's not even about that. It's more so just about where they're going to take the band from here. What's going to be their next move? I'm actually more curious now, after listening to this record, being the follow-up to All Distortions, of where does this band go from here? Because to me, this feels like a very safe, run-of-the-mill record. They have a lot of highs on here, which I am going to get to. I don't want it to sound like I'm just ranting for 15 minutes straight on (laughs) what I'm, uh, you know, not necessarily enjoying on here. But at the same time, I do have to keep things real and give you guys my authentic reaction on here. Because if I don't... That wouldn't be fair to our listeners and to anybody that takes the time to to listen to this podcast. So, I've been a fan of Neck Deep since the beginning. I do want to throw that out there as well. I've been a fan of them years before Life's Not Out to Get You, but Life's Not Out to Get You is what really stole my heart. That record was the soundtrack of my summer and many years long after that. So... To me, I agree with you, Eric. That record is the top of the top. And who knows if they have another record like that in them or what the future holds. But in terms of this record being compared to that, there's just really no comparison. (laughs) But the intro song is fantastic, in my opinion. It's a great track. It's what you think of when you think of Neck Deep. If I was just introducing somebody to Neck Deep for the first time, and they wanted to listen to this new record like oh it's their latest record what should i check out from here i would tell them to play this song because this is the type of vibe that you can expect from this band listening to their older work so i love the intro track i actually went back and listened to the intro tracks off of each record after this record or i should say before this record they're fantastic they really know how to open a record However in contrast to that you have the closing track called Moody Weirdo and this track is one of the tracks that I am alluding to in terms of where they're trying to recapture Life's Not Out to Get You in theme with the positivity and just keep pushing forward and persevering and trying to look up and look on the brighter side and All these things, which I I love because I really do feel like pop punk as a whole needs a lot more of that. But in terms of the delivery and how the song actually came across, it just comes across super lazy, corny at times, really generic, and it seems like just a leftover track from that era to me. Yeah, I mean, the intro track is such a great track. But then following up that track, the first three songs all have pretty much the same concept in mind. But in my opinion, only the first does the best job of execution. And not only getting across that message about relationships and everything and the ups and downs and everything, but in a neck-deep fashion wrapped tied with a bow a track that's gonna go over live really well i can't wait to hear it in a live setting to be honest with you but then you have the tracks that follow and the second the two songs following the second and third song following that song i i originally listening to this record thought that the two following songs could have been one song I think that the lyrics could definitely use some work throughout. I don't know who's the main lyricist now in the band, or if they're taking turns, or if they all add something, or if it's just one person. I don't know the dynamic. You know, it becomes played out at a certain point. So that is something that really stood out to me. But there are great tracks on here, regardless. That much I will say. A lot of really fun ones. And a lot of tracks that you listen to and you realize, of course, this is why I love this band. Dumbstruck, I believe, is one of those tracks. Heartbreak of the Century, I believe, is one of those tracks. Take Me With You, I love that they did literally a a tribute or a nod, I should say, to Blink-182's Aliens Exist. I thought that was awesome. It Won't Be Like This, that's another great one. Out of the 10 songs on here, half of the record is pretty decent and pretty solid but then you have another half of this record that just completely loses my interest altogether because it just it doesn't seem like they have much to say and when they do say something they kind of pound that theme into the ground so what I mean overall by mixed bag is this record had a lot of highs but it did have some lows as well and the lows were pretty low because they come off as just corny and uninspired moody weirdo i get the message behind it i get what where they were going with it but they really dropped the ball on that and they might not mean to but they do that's another one where it's just like ugh, i get the message but the way that it came across and the way that they executed that not the best so that's why it's kind of like i'm on the seesaw <laughs> throughout this album listening to this record because there are times where i'm like wow this is great this kicks ass this is everything that i love about neck deep and then there are other times where they play it so safe that it's actually to their detriment so yeah that's how I feel about the record as a whole.
1: Wow, so that's definitely a lot. (laughs) Definitely a different reaction than I thought you'd have. But I can also understand why you said what you said. I also believe that there were some low points on the album as well, even if I don't feel about them as strongly as you do. But to elaborate on what you've been saying lyrically is definitely one of the low points that I also found on this album. Uh, I guess the reason why I possibly don't feel as strongly is because at least in in my opinion, the music kind of makes up for that on some of the songs. I'm not saying that that's the case on every single one, but I think uh, my main concern was that this album returned to a pop punk sound overall.
0: Yeah. I think you and many others.
1: (laughs) So I guess like, when it come when it came to the lyrics, first of all, I didn't know uh, that fun fact that you said that uh, that the songwriting has changed, or at the very least, the songwriting contributions have changed. So I had no idea.
0: Yeah, with the band, it's been a revolving door of band members, so of course that's going to contribute to the music.
1: You know, just to to your credit, you're definitely right. Some songs definitely do feel like they overlap in regards to subject matter. And then others just feel uninspired or they just feel half-assed. Like, to elaborate a little on what you said about Moody Weirdo, I do think that was an attempt to get back to the inspirational, motivational message of Life's Not Out to Get You.
0: Yeah, but without the heart.
1: Yeah, exactly. I I appreciate the attempt and I, I do like that it's there on the album in some way, shape, or form, but at the same time, you're right. It, it doesn't have that emotional gut punch that the songs on Life's Not At to Get you have. Like when you heard a song like, you know, The Beaches for Lovers or Gold Steps, you, you truly felt the, the emphasis on really wanting to pick people up off the ground and tell them that they can conquer the world and that everything's going to be okay and that nothing negative lasts forever.
0: Right. You felt the emotion and, behind it.
1: Exactly. So much so that, you know, most of us view that album as their crowning achievement, and we see it as perfect, or as perfect as it can be.
0: Right, right. That track was, to me, such a half-baked version of that.
1: Exactly. Like I said, I, I appreciate the effort, and I appreciate that they at least tried to inject a motivational message somewhere on this album, but... It is disappointing that they couldn't really stick the landing with it. And in regards to it being the closing song, it just made it made it feel anticlimactic.
0: Yeah, bum me out. Cause you know how I feel, and I know how you feel as well about both openers and closers. And the opener to me, just in my opinion, was so good, so enthusiastic, yeah. so in your face. Exactly what I love about this band. And so it gave me such high hopes for the rest of the record. But then as we work our way throughout the record, by the time we get to the end, for it to go out on that note, it just left me with a bad taste in my mouth, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, exactly. And instead of...
0: It feels like it fizzled out almost.
1: Exactly, exactly. Instead of having the album feel like it's a house on fire by the end, like you said, it just felt like it fizzled out. And it's kind of like, well, that happened. You know? Right,
0: right, exactly.
1: <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I, I really do want to like that song because of the inspirational message behind it. But that's one of the things that they really couldn't uh, get right the yeah. way that I'm sure they were probably looking to get it right.
0: I want to know how you feel, Eric. How do you feel about this record? What songs did it for you? What songs didn't? I just want to know your thoughts in general about their return to form and sound and just everything that you thought both before and after listening to this record.
1: Well, I do appreciate a bunch of things about this album. The first being that it is their big return to form. It's pop punk through and through. It's brutal when it needs to be. And there are moments where it does pull back a little bit. But at the same time, that's also kind of where my first problem lies. I feel like music, I feel like musically musically, it feels a little too brutal in some parts, and I feel like because of that there's no real dynamic with the album. what what's so great about what makes life 's not up to Get you such a perfect album is that when it hit hard, it hit hard, and when it pulled back, it knew how to do so, but not too much. It did it in a way that gave the album room to breathe, but was still pretty heavy hitting. And then another thing that I noticed on this album that I really wish it would have had was that moment of tenderness. Like, for example, it would have been great if it had something similar to December. Yeah. Or a moment where the album could just slow down a bit and just kind of give the listener a, you know, a little bit of breathing room, a small respite before it picks up again or you ask yourself was this really necessary did this have to be here did this have to be written this way yeah you the know what lyrics I mean? for like, me
0: were lacking on this record which i'm very surprised about because if you go back and listen to not only life's not out to get you because i know we keep on talking about that record and i don't want this whole episode to be a comparison between the two because that's not fair but even with the peace and the panic great songwriting throughout that record in my opinion so they've really had so many great moments of hard hitting topics and they have it in them is what I'm trying to say
1: yeah I mean to listen I I feel that way as well just because like like you said a lot of these focus on relationships which is fine I get it it's you know
0: it's fine but it gets played out
1: (laughs) No, I know. Assuming assuming Ben is the main lyricist in the band and is the one who was in charge of all the lyrics on this album, I get it. It's where his head is at. And that's fine. But therein lies the problem that the previous Neck Deep albums, at, at least Life's Not Out to Get You and The Peace and The Panic, the subject matter felt like it could apply to absolutely anybody and, like you said, There was range on those albums. There was a lot of lyrical range. Exactly.
0: Ding, ding, ding. That's the key word is range because they've always had relationship themes throughout their entire discography up until this point. So it's not even that. It's just so much so that on this record, if you have a 10-song record and it's only going to be a little over a half hour long, you really don't have that much time to be focusing on having that much material that's going to be the same throughout. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, exactly. But unfortunately, for some reason, they decided to make the first three about the same topic.
0: And then put them all back to back. Come on guys, why do that?
1: And then like, and they kind of return to that subject later on in the album. It, It really does make you wonder like what their thought process was going into this, at least lyrically. Musically, I have no complaints about this album. I think it is awesome front to back. The only complaint, if you could call it, that would be what I said earlier, where I I do wish there were moments where they could pull back a little bit because I do feel like a lot of these songs, it's just like one brutal pop punk song after the other. And it's like,
0: I definitely agree with you because it feels like there's so much of the same throughout that. It feels at times like it could just be one giant Kick ass pop punk song because there's not as much variation that we're used to. And I'm not even talking about going so far out as all distortions. I mean, even prior to that record, there has been, as you said, variation throughout their records. So that is lacking here and that is noticeable while listening.
1: Yeah, I mean, just the first four songs alone, that's like half the record. It's like, it all sounds the same. Like, it's all the same tempo, it's the same fast-paced pop-punk energy and I really do wish at the very least that the placement would have been different if that would have been the case um maybe I'd feel a little I'd feel a little differently but even then the the whole you know brutal pop-punk song after the other that would still persist so it's 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 not even about the placement it's just the fact that they tried to make this album as pop-punk as they could but that's unfortunately uh where the detriments also lie
0: there's nothing of uniqueness on this record because they they were so concentrated in my opinion i could be wrong i could be completely wrong about this it's just my opinion but i feel as though they were so concerned on going back to their roots that they put all the focus on it sonically and then it Was lacking in every other department because, as you know, as you and I both know, there's so much more that goes into a record than just how it sounds. Of course, how it sounds is key and it's one of the main things, but it's not everything and far from the only thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And even if, like, even if the mission was to make this album, you know, super pop punk and have every song be like a punisher of a song you can do that but make each song its own universe you know make it sound make one song sound different than the other that way
0: you have to mix it up yeah you have to mix it up. exactly
1: exactly that way you know there's more excitement that way when when you enjoy all of that stuff and even if it does sound different even if every song sounds different than the other it's it's no less of an impact and that's an art that they did very well, at least with the first few releases leading up to the piece in The Panic, where, you know, the song structure per song was different. You know, you can tell when you were listening to one song compared to another song. You know, they really prided themselves on making every song sound different than the other. And even if there were songs that sounded similar to each other, they were different enough that you could say, you know, this song has a different kind of energy to it.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree with you on this.
1: Or this song makes me feel differently than this one, even though they sound similar. Whereas here, it's exactly like you said. It's, it's like they wrote one long song and then we're like, let's just split it up into four different sections and, you know, <laughs> put them next to each other.
0: Yeah, it's just, it kills me to say this, but so much of the music just blends together. Where if you're not necessarily paying attention, you can kind of lose track of where you're at throughout this album.
1: Right, right. But listen, I'll be I'll be fair and I'll be honest. You know, we like being honest on this podcast. And when it comes to things like this, that's it's what why the it's...
0: people deserve. It's what the people deserve.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's this is why it's cool for you and I to talk about this stuff. Because it's talking about the stuff that we you know, open each other's eyes to things that we didn't see before or to new information. I'll be brutally honest, I think the reason, it's just a theory right now, only time will tell if, uh, if I'm right or if I'm wrong, but I think I may have fallen victim to the recency bias.
0: For the people listening out there, I do want to say, if you thoroughly enjoy this record, more power to you, you know? And like I said, it's not a bad record, I said that in the beginning, I stick to that. I do have issues with it, but that doesn't mean it's a bad record. And if you love it through and through, then that's amazing. You know, that's what makes the world go round is how subjective music is. You can listen to something, I can listen to something, and we can have two completely different opinions on it. So
1: Right, right. Exactly. My opinion about this album, even now talking about it with you hasn't changed. I still love it front to back. I have been listening to the album front to back a lot. Yeah, same. (laughs) But throughout all of that, I kind of asked myself I I know I'm listening to this so much right now, and I love it. And I know that I have a problem with some of these lyrics, but I don't care. But is that going to stay that way in a month or two months? Am I still going to feel that way? Am I still.
0: Yeah, how is it going to hold up long term?
1: Yeah, am I still going to overlook? The half-assed nature of the lyrics, even though I love the whole presentation, you know, and that's definitely a question that I came into this podcast asking myself. So only time will tell if I still feel as strongly about it then as I do now, or if after a while the reality will start to sink in and I'll start to say, you know what, I still love this musically, but lyrically I can't really stomach it anymore or anything like that because the truth is that when I did hear this album for the first time, I was so excited by it. But at the same time, there were moments that did feel like speed bumps, lyrically speaking. And my first, my first impulse was, ah, whatever, you know, it's fine. You know, I, I love how this sounds overall. I can, I can forgive the the lack of great lyricism if it means that it sounds this way. But realistically how long can that last you know what i mean yeah
0: yeah i understand where you're coming from and trust me that's happened to me so many times with records and just the hype surrounding them and being so excited for the release of it and the anticipation and the build and you get swept up in the whole thing that you right right automatically from the jump are so excited that you see everything in such a good light but then long term you go back and you listen to it or you think about it and then you kind of come back down to earth and uh, right. notice it for for certain songs at least for what they are
1: right and just to highlight some of the stuff that yeah
0: let's hear some good stuff Eric let's hear some good you stuff
1: know, you know listen right out the gate dumbstruck wow what an opening
0: yes couldn't
1: have asked for a couldn't have asked for a better one on this album and I know that we have our issues with the songs following it, but I'll be honest. Sort yourself out. Love it. This is all my fault. Love it a little less than the first two, but I still think it's awesome. I I do like that. At least they're consistent <laughs> with the uh, with uh, the with, uh, with the with the energy. You know, they keep it going for a solid four songs. So I do appreciate that.
0: I do want to interject real quick. I will say creatively what I do enjoy about the two I know that I've said a lot about the first three songs I will say between sort yourself out and this is all my fault I like that sort yourself out is from the partner's perspective and then this is all my fault is from the lead perspective which is supposed to be maybe Ben in the scenario so I do like seeing the story and the concept from both sides that much I'll say
1: Right, there's at least a connection. Yeah. And, of course, we need more bricks. I mean, crazy song. We've been listening to it since last year. I love the message behind it.
0: Me too, man.
1: I think think lyrically, it's the most punk rock song there is because it keeps up with what their mission statement is.
0: Without a doubt.
1: Of course, I also love Take Me With You. You know, anybody who knows Ben knows his adoration for Blink, so the Aliens Exist influences clear here we definitely see eye to eye on that uh won't be like this forever i do like seeing ben's range on here this is another song where i kind of feel like it could have capitalized on ben's range as a singer because he you know goes from his trademark voice to singing really low by the end
0: right right
1: my only problem with the song is you know why why didn't you sing lower Throughout more of the song, it would have been cool to, you know, hear that contrast throughout more of the song because, you know, he's done it before. And I I just think it would have been cool to fully explore that a little more on the song because it's just got that really romantic uh, undertone on it. Moody Weirdo, I do like it, but at the same time, I can see what you mean about it kind of being a caricature. I do get it. Like, even the title, Moody Weirdo, just sounds a little contrived. It's but cheesy. Yeah. But, again, I like the attempt at uh, trying to inject some Life's Not Up to Get You energy in it. So I guess that's kind of what saves it for me, but not completely. But, but overall, I do like this album a lot. It's very concise. You know, only 10 songs. It's definitely got a lot of energy. It's got a lot of spirit. But do I think that it you know, ranks among like the best that they've ever done. I think honestly, it falls somewhere in the middle for me. I definitely do like it more than uh, all distortions are intentional for sure.
0: To me, that's still to be determined. I would have to go back to that record as a whole because there's only a handful of songs that I really keep in my rotation off that record. But as a whole, I would have to right. revisit it just to give it the proper chance and uh, right. really see between the two. So, let's just get our least favorite track, one and done, out the way, and then we can get on to our most favorite tracks off this record. So, Eric, what was your least favorite track?
1: I actually had a pretty difficult time with this because it was down to, like, three songs, but ultimately, my least favorite goes to They Might Not Mean To, but They Do.
0: Okay, well, that's perfect because that means that I can chime in as well because, believe it or not, my least favorite track isn't Moody Weirdo I mean it's it was definitely a contender but my least favorite track is also they may not mean to but they do. So let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, it just it just feels off for Neck Deep. Yeah, you know, it's just it just feels bland and feels preachy
0: at times. Yeah, for me and, personally, yeah. It's the way that the lyrics are juxtaposed with the sound of it because it sounds like such an upbeat song that it's really off putting because you're talking about this heavy topic,
1: yeah, yeah, I know what you mean it it would it would have to or rather, I would imagine that for a subject matter like this, the composition would be a little darker or a little bit more,
0: yeah, I feel I like guess, moodier, I get that bands make the deliberate choice to do that with their music at times where they take the creative liberty to write dark lyrics with upbeat music and a lot of the time it works but with this song specifically it just was really off-putting because it just felt like it didn't fit at all and I did not get where they were trying to go with this track at all. I don't even necessarily think it's the subject matter it's just how they went about putting this song out there and just musically it felt very off-putting and weird, such a weird combination to do that. So that's why it right. really stood out, but not in the best way.
1: <laughs> and not for nothing, but there is an art to combining borderline morbid subject matter with upbeat musical compositions. I mean, what made After Laughter work so well is that, yes, the subject matter was depressing, but interwoven with that is kind of like a turnaround of sorts even though there was a tragedy that occurred in every song hayley found a way to bring the positivity out of that tragedy within the same song
0: right exactly.
1: and that's what that's what made it work so well here there is no there's there's no silver lining to be found and i think that's what makes it so off-putting
0: yeah I agree that it, just,
1: that. it just it just it just morbid throughout the whole thing and it's like kind of defeats the purpose
0: so because this record has 10 songs instead of doing a top five favorite tracks we're doing a top three favorite tracks only because if we chose five that's half the record and then that defeats the whole purpose (laughs) of picking favorite tracks so our top three three to one eric i'll have you kick it off what took your number three spot
1: my number three originally was going to go to We Need More Bricks, but ultimately it goes to Take Me With You.
0: Nice. Very nice. I, I do like that track. That's a fun one.
1: Yeah, I definitely consider it one of the more unique tracks, musically speaking, among the, among the batch. And it's just so fun. I, I love the message, you know. Things can feel hectic on planet Earth and sometimes you just want to get away for a little. And let me just say that guitar solo at the end of the song, just chef's kiss for me.
0: Great pick, Eric. Great pick.
1: Thank you. All right. How about you? What takes your third spot for your most favorites?
0: Coming in at number three, I chose Dumbstruck, the intro track off this record. What a way. What a way to kick off this record. Packs a punch from start to finish. This track is just full of high energy, neck deep. I love everything about it. Lyrically, sonically, they just knocked this one out of the park. And I really do believe that this is a highlight off of this record. And as I said before, if I could just show a person getting into Neck Deep that wants to listen to the new stuff a song or two, this would be one of those songs without a doubt. Love this one. I cannot wait to see this song translated live. I know that everybody is going to be going nuts for this in a live setting. It's such a good crowd interaction song to have in the set.
1: Well, you know what? Since I agree with absolutely everything you said, I'm just going to make the transition and say that Dumbstruck is my number two.
0: Oh, wow. No way.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I love the song so much for all the reasons you said. It is just a shot of adrenaline as soon as you hear it. It's just a blast through and through, in my opinion, one of their best songs ever. Yes. And And the placement is just perfect. I love that this is the way the album starts.
0: Yes, I could not agree more.
1: All right. So how about you? What takes your second spot for your most favorites?
0: Okay, coming in at number two, this was the lead single from this record, Heartbreak of the Century.
1: Nice. Great pick. Very good pick.
0: Thanks, Eric. Once they released Heartbreak of the Century, it was early last year, and it was basically to let everybody know that this is their return to form, and everybody was extremely excited after listening to this song and the music video is great for this song i highly suggest everybody go check that out as well the song itself i have played this song non-stop such a great lead single to pick off of this record to give people a taste of what was to come and this is another quintessential for me neck deep song without a doubt i feel like this song could be lifted and put on some of their older records, and it would fit in perfectly, and yeah, that's why it made my number two spot, because I've played it non-stop since it came out over a year ago at this point, and I haven't gotten sick of it, and in fact, I love it even more now, so that's how you know the love is real.
1: That is an awesome pick.
0: Thank you, Eric. What is your favorite song off of Neck Deep's self-titled record?
1: Believe it or not, it is Sort Yourself Out.
0: I was not expecting that, I'm not gonna lie.
1: I just love how energetic this song is, I love how, matter of fact, this song actually reminds me a little bit of Storyteller by Broadside. Oh yeah, okay,
0: yeah, I can see that, I definitely can hear that.
1: Yeah, it just has that same frenetic energy, especially towards the end where they just really seem to speed things up. I do like the point of view of the song, you know, message being to clean up your act, (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, I, I just love it, man. I, I love that it just kind of feels like a continuation of stump, of Dumpstruck, but on a more high energy scale. And yeah, it's, it's something that, you know, you want to talk about playing repetitively. It's something that I've been doing a lot ever since starting to listen to this album.
0: Wow, I had no idea that that would be your number one. I mean, that's a, that's a good song. That's definitely a solid one off of this record.
1: How about you? Let's see, let's see you take it away. What made your favorite song off of Neck Deep's self titled album?
0: Okay, coming in at number one, it should come to no surprise to you, Eric. I picked We Need More Bricks.
1: Of course. Phenomenal song.
0: This song is just peak neck deep. And I absolutely love it. And what I mean by that is Sonically, it kicks ass. This song rips. It's one of the more heavier ones off of this record. And lyrically, this is the type of material that I'm talking about. Not everything needs to be this politically charged. I will say that. I'm not asking that from them. However, just to see that this record can have more depth to it, this track is a highlight. This track is an absolute highlight in showcasing that. And I actually have a quote that Ben Barlow, the lead singer of Neck Deep, gave in an interview about We Need More Bricks that I want to share with you, Eric, if that's all right. Please do. He said, The song is touching on everything from the monarchy, immigration, protest laws, and international wars. We find ourselves at a cross-section in the zeitgeist where bricks could be used to build something or to be destructive. I'm calling on punks and those that want to make a difference to do so. As well as being our most political track to date, it also features my favorite riff and breakdown we've ever written with a mosh call that I hope makes the listener think about their role in the world and to speak up and take action on the many injustices the world faces today. I'm looking forward to playing this one live the most of any track on this record
1: beautifully worded i couldn't agree more and he's 100 percent on the money with that
0: as you know eric we have been playing this song nonstop, and it still holds up in comparison to the rest of the record my only gripe with this record mainly is i wish that they continued not it doesn't necessarily have to have a political theme throughout but i wish they would have continued to add more depth to this record and more creativity to create a little bit more variation throughout and those are my main gripes with the record but it's still all in all a solid neck deep record and something that i'll actually want to add to this year's edition of album reviews eric and just music reviews in general is i personally tell the music matters media staff to rate albums out of five stars and we started doing that last year but we haven't done that ever before here on the podcast we just tell people our thoughts and feelings and they can get a general idea based off of those how we feel about the record what i want to start doing here is if the staff of music matters media the writers are going to do it then i think that we as well should do it rate this record and future records out of five stars five being the most exceptional thing that you've ever heard and one being you know absolutely on the other end of that spectrum out of five stars eric our first album rating of the show and of this year what would you give neck Deep's self-titled record out of five stars
1: out of five stars i would probably give it a three
0: 3.5 yeah i'm actually right there with you i'm gonna give it a three I'm going to give it a three out of five with room to grow throughout the year. I'm going to start it at a three and we'll return to it, Eric, you and I at some point, And we'll see how that holds up throughout the year.
1: I like that idea of, like you said, letting it grow throughout the year and see how it's evolved for us.
0: But We Need More Bricks was way too good of a song. Love the message behind it. So that, without a doubt, is always going to be in my rotation. And that's why it made my number one.
1: Very nice. Amazing pick. I love it.
0: All right, guys. So there are our thoughts on Neck Deep's self-titled record that just came out on January 19th. Everything is super fresh right now, so we want to know your thoughts. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Do you feel indifferent about it? (laughs) We want to know, you guys. We want to know what are your favorite tracks, your least favorite track, and where does this record personally hold up for you in Neck Deep's discography. So please head on over to musicmattersmedia.com and let us know over there. And don't forget to follow us on social media, at Music Matters Media. And stay tuned, because our next episode, we are going to be talking about Green Day's Big Return, their latest record, Saviors. And trust me, you don't want to miss it.